Welcome to Blessings in Christ. I'm Scott Roberts. Blessings in Christ is also the Church of Christ, preaching the gospel of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, of he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. The Church of Christ is scriptural name, Romans 16, 16. Scriptural origin, Colossians 1, 18. Scriptural doctrine, 1 Timothy 4, 16. And scriptural in practice, James 1 and 22. Our lesson today is by James Mills from Baltimore, Ohio, Church of Christ. He's bringing us a lesson on depression. And we live in a world where there are many uh, self-help books uh, dealing with negative emotions such as sadness. But we as Christians know that the Word of God can cure all of our problems, even sadness or depression. Did you know Philippians 4 and verse 7 gives us one of the most beautiful verses on uh, dealing with sadness or depression? It says, And the peace of God which passeth all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. And also one of the most beautiful verses in the Bible, Jesus said, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart. Uh, we hope that you enjoy the lesson today, and please like us on Facebook. Thank you. The name of uh, uh, Naomi Judd. And she was uh, half of the uh, singing group, uh, the Judds. She was the mother of a mother-daughter duo, uh, Naomi and Winona, that uh, they were known as the Judds. Well, a few months ago, uh, she was about to be inducted into Country Music Hall of Fame, uh, her and her daughter as the Judds. A couple days before this happened, was about to happen, uh, she committed suicide. And it got me thinking, I got to reading, what would cause this woman who had this great career as an artist, they had multiple, multiple hits, uh, tons of followers, they had great music for country music fans, I should say, but what would cause this woman a couple of days before she's going to be inducted into the Country Music Hall of Fame commit suicide? And as you read the story, or as I read the story, and I, uh, I found out that she was dealing with depression. And she had been dealing with depression. And I was, I sat there as I read this and I couldn't believe it. Couldn't believe it because no one would have guessed that someone so successful would be depressed, right? Well, this reminded me of a time that my dad, uh, he had went to the doctor, and after his doctor visit, he calls me up, you know, and I'm like, how'd it go, Dad? And he's laughing, and he's like, well, that joker thinks I'm depressed. You know, he thinks I'm depressed, and he's laughing, and and I start laughing because I think it's funny as, as well, you know, because uh, Dad's always go, 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 you know, and he talks all the time, he won't shut up, and he always wants to go, 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 and I'm like, why would he think you're depressed, Dad? And Dad said, well, I was sitting there, he said, waiting for him, and he said, he says, well, you're awful nervous. And he said, and you're fidgety. He said, you're depressed. And I would think that would mean the opposite, right? 
If someone is nervously fidgeting all the time and can't be still, they would be opposite of depressed because in my mind, throughout my life, I always viewed depression as this feeble person with a blanket curled up in a dark room in a corner that refused to speak and refused to eat and would, wasn't uh, ready to acknowledge anyone or any person. That's my view of what depression was. But as I listened to Dad and I thought about when I read this story about Naomi Judd, that depression comes in many forms. It's not just this person curled up in a ball with a blanket in the dark that's afraid to speak. As a matter of a fact, each and every one of us here today, at some point in our life, whether we will admit it or not, we will face depression. When we look up the definition of what depression is, we see that Webster describes it as a state of feeling sad, having low spirits, and full of melancholy. Now, has any one of you ever felt sad? Has any one of you ever been low in spirit? Sure. At one point in our life, it's natural for us as humans, we will deal with depression. Now, here's the difference. How are you going to deal with that depression? Some statistics <clears throat> that we want to talk about when we look at depression as a matter of statistics it affects over 18 million adults in one year 18 million worldwide depression affects over 300 million 300 million people with the majority of those being women at 8.7%. And I can imagine, and you women can probably agree that the stress that you deal with, the things that you deal with in life, it would cause you to become depressed, right? 5.3% of those 300 million worldwide are men. So more women than men. But here is the one statistic that stands out is it is depression is the leading cause of suicide in the world we live in today 41,000 41,000 suicides from depression a year a suicide every 12 minutes because of depression now I'm not going to stand here today and tell you that I'm an expert on depression. I'm far from it. I'm no doctor. I'm no psychologist. I'm no uh, psychiatrist. But I will tell you that there is one doctor that can help you deal with depression, and that is God Almighty. And this morning, we will take the Word of God and we will see how to deal with your depression. And if there's anything in the lesson that I hope you get out of is when you find yourself 
facing a matter that would cause you to be depressed, that you open God's Word. Open God's Word. Don't be afraid to talk to God about your problems. A lot of times we are ashamed or we're afraid to let people know when we have a moment of depression, discouragement. But when we look in God's Word, we see that some of the uh, the names that we find in God's Word, some of the great characters that we find in God's Word, they dealt with depression. A couple of those that come to mind is Job. You know how that uh, Satan was walking around and he was wandering about and seeing what he could get into, rather. And God said, what are you doing, Satan? Remember how that God said, Satan, what are you doing? He said, well, I'm walking around, you know, seeing who I can tempt. Who can I bother, you know? God said, remember Job? He said, what about Job here? He's an upright guy. He's strong in the Lord. And Satan said, well, yeah. You've blessed him with so much. Does that sound familiar to us? Have we been blessed with so much? Well, what did God say? He said, yeah, go ahead, Satan. Go ahead and tempt Job and you'll find that Job is going to stand strong in the Lord and Job's not going to be hindered by you. So what happened? Satan took all that Job had everything he had what did Job do Job did not one time one time turn his back on God he trusted in the Lord and he kept his faith in God so Satan came to God and said well yeah well all the things that I touched was materialistic these were things that didn't matter he said but let me touch his flesh then then you'll see God. Job will turn his back on you. He will curse you then. What did God say? God knew that Job was a strong, strong, faithful man. He said, go ahead. And what happened? Satan tempted Job and he put boils upon his skin to where he had to take uh, pottery and scrape the boils off of his skin. Imagine what Job was dealing with. He had lost all his possession and now he was being bothered by Satan physically his body his wife said what said curse God curse God and die that's how pitiful that Job was turn with me to chapter 7 chapter 7 of Job and we'll see what was going through Job's mind at this point the discouragement that must have been going through Job's mind. We will see that depression that Job was dealing with there, beginning with verse 1. Is there not an appointed time to man upon earth? Are not his days also like the days of an hireling? As a servant earnestly desireth the shadow, and as an hireling looketh for the reward of his work, so am I made to possess months of vanity and wearisome nights are appointed to me. When I lie down, I say, when shall I arise? 
and the night be gone. He couldn't wait for the night to be done with. And am I full of tossings to and fro until the dawning of the day? My flesh is clothed with worms and clods of dust. My skin is broken and become loathsome. My days are swifter than a weaver's shuttle and are spent without hope. No hope. Can you feel the depression that Job was dealing with? He couldn't wait for his life to be over, brothers and sisters. Oh, remember, he said, that my life is wind. Mine eyes shall no more see good. The eye of him that has seen me shall see me no more. Thine eyes are upon me, and I am not. As the cloud is consumed and vanisheth away, so he that goeth down to the grave shall come up no more. He shall return no more to his house. Neither shall his place know him any more. Therefore I will not refrain my mouth. I will speak in the anguish of my spirit. I will complain in the bitterness of my soul. Am I a sea or a well that thou settest to watch over me? When I say my bed shall comfort me, my couch shall ease my complaint. Then thou scarest me with dreams. Terrifiest me through visions. So that my soul to the strangling and death rather than my life. I loathe it. I would not live always. Let me alone, for my days are vanity. What is man? That thou shouldest magnify him, and that thou shouldest set thine heart upon him, and that thou shouldest visit him every morning, and try him every moment. How long wilt thou not depart from me, nor let me alone, till I swallow down my spittle? I have sinned. What shall I do unto thee? O oh, thou preserver of men, why hast thou sent me as a mark against thee, so that I am what a burden to myself? Why dost thou not pardon my transgression and take away mine iniquity? For now shall I sleep in the dust, and thou shalt seek me in the morning, but I shall not be. I can just feel the pain, the discouragement, the depression that Job was going through as I read this chapter, brothers and sisters. He had lost it all and now he was suffering fleshly, his body. He talked about the worms, the cloths of dust that covered his body. He was ready to die. He was ready to go, he said. I can't deal with this anymore, he said. When I lay down, he said, the only thing that I want is to not to wake up again, right? Not to wake up again. What about Moses? God chose Moses to lead those children of Israel even though he knew Moses what? Moses was a meek and gentle person. 
He chose the meekest person to lead the children of Israel. When you turn over to the book of Numbers, <coughs> excuse me, turn over to Numbers chapter 12. Verse 13, what does it tell us? Moses, I'm sorry, I've got the wrong scripture. <laughs> Exodus chapter 3, sorry. Exodus chapter 3, verses 9 through 11. Now therefore, behold, the cry of the children of Israel is coming to me, and I have also seen the oppression wherewith the Egyptians oppressed them. Come now therefore, and I will send thee unto Pharaoh, that thou mayest bring forth my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. God said, Moses, you, you're going to lead these people. And Moses said unto God, verse 11, Who am I? Who am I? That I should go unto Pharaoh and that I should bring forth the children of Israel out of Egypt? Do you see the doubt? Do you see the discouragement there that Moses had? Moses is described as the meekest person that anyone could meet. But as he was faced with this task to lead the children of Israel out of Egypt, God said, go to Pharaoh. Pharaoh would say no. What did Moses do? He turned. He went away. God said, go back. Pharaoh said, no. And God said, go back. And Moses went back and Pharaoh said, no. And he kept, kept, kept. And he tried to build Moses up and make him that leader that he needed to be. But as we find out, after they crossed the Red Sea, the Israelites began to what? Complain. They forgot about what God was doing. They griped and they complained. We had no food. All we're doing is wandering around in the wilderness. Why did Moses, why did God do this to us? So imagine, imagine what Moses was feeling at that time. Deuteronomy chapter 1 verse 3 beginning. It came to pass in the 40th year in the 11th month on the first day of the month that Moses spake unto the children of Israel according to all the Lord had given him commandment unto them. After he had slain Sion, the king of the Amorites, which dwelt in Heshbon, and Og, the king of Bashan, which dwelt as Astaroth and Edra. On this side, Jordan, in the land of Moab, began Moses to declare this law, saying, The Lord our God spake unto us in Oreb, saying, Ye have dwelt long enough in this mount. Turn you, 
your journey. Go to the Mount of the Amorites and to all the places nigh there to in the plain, in the hills, in the vale, and in the south, and by the seaside to the land of the Canaanites, and to Lebanon, and to the great river, the river Euphrates. Behold, I have set the land before you. Go in and possess the land which the Lord swore unto your fathers. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob to give it to them and to their seed after them. And I spake unto you at that time, saying, I am not able to bear you myself alone. Moses said, look, God said it's time. Get up and go and possess that land of milk and honey that you were promised. But what did Moses say? Notice this in his depression. He says, I, I cannot bear this alone, he said. How many times do you feel like you're bearing? Do you ever feel like you're bearing a burden by yourself? You think there's no help there. Moses got to this point. And remember what God told him in the beginning? God said, I'll go with you. When Moses said, I can't speak, I can't do this, God said, I'll be there with you. And when Moses would go to Pharaoh and Pharaoh turned him away, God said, you go back. You go back. I'm here for you. Moses said, it's time to get up and go and possess that land. And he said, I, verse 9, I am not able to bear you myself alone. I can't do this by myself, he said. The Lord your God hath multiplied you, in verse 10, and behold, ye are this day as the stars of heaven for multitude. The Lord God of your fathers make you a thousand times. So many more as ye are, and bless you as he hath promised you. How can I myself alone bear your cumbrance and your burden and your strife? Moses had got to a point to where he said, I can't do this by myself, people. You got to get up and you got to do this. We have no reason, brothers and sisters, we have no reason if we're dealing with depression to be ashamed of anything that we've got to deal with. Job, all that he went through, he dealt with his depression. And in the end, what happened? He was blessed with double what he had to start with, right? Stronger in the Lord, double his possessions. There's no reason, excuse, that we can't deal with depression. Now there's two different types of depression. One of those are the ones that we bring upon ourselves by the way we think. And then there's the other type that's caused by a chemical 
imbalance in our brain. Those are the ones that we can't control. So we need what? Medication. Medication. The ones that we can deal with and we can control, we can find how to do that in God's Word, brothers and sisters, in God's Word. The misconception today is that as Christians, we're always happy people, right? We don't have to deal with things like discouragement, depression. Like, oh, they're Christians, right? They're never depressed. They're never depressed. We're humans. We're humans. Just as Job, just as Moses, just as Elijah, we could go on and on and on about many great names in the Bible that dealt with discouragement, dealt with depression. But when we deal with depression, we got to be careful how we approach people, right? If you see someone that might be dealing with depression, we can't have the attitude to go up to that person and say, hey, it's time to get up and quit being pitiful, you know? Is that the way we deal with depression? Yeah. You know? Before that I heard this story about Naomi Judd, and there's been many, there's been many other stars and people, famous people, people that are not famous that I've heard about that have been dealing with depression. But throughout my life, personally, I always thought it was bogus, right? I always thought, well, that's a joke. Those people, really? You're depressed. No, you're lazy, right? Get up. Don't lay there. Don't tell me you're depressed is why you're shelled up and you won't come out and talk. Don't tell me you're depressed is why you have an eating disorder. So we can't simply tell people to 